Today we're going to get to know Jesus better. And as we prepare to do that, let's pray together. Father, we come to you today with so many different needs from so many different backgrounds, from so many different places. And Father, some of us come very confident. And Father, some of us come with lots of self-doubt. But all of us, Father, come with a need for your son, Jesus Christ. The need for forgiveness. The need for salvation. The need, Father, to quit depending on ourselves or on others and to depend on you and your son. Father, help us to be those kind of dependent disciples. It's in the name of Jesus, our Savior, that we pray. Amen. So I don't know how you feel about darkness, but I find that sometimes darkness can be kind of scary, right? It can be frightening not to be able to see what's around you. It can be scary to not know where things really are. It can be terrifying to know, not know who is nearby. It can be really scary to not feel safe moving around. But I also have to admit that there are other times that I find darkness comforting. I welcome the darkness. Because not only can I not see in the darkness, not, I can also not be seen in the darkness. And there are times I have to confess that I'd rather not be seen. And light is revealing, isn't it? Light shows what things really are. And there are times that I would rather remain in the shadows so that it can't be seen who I really am and what I'm really doing. And then there are other times that I'm in the darkness, but I move about as if I'm in the light. When I'm out in familiar mountains with a bow in my hand and I'm hunting on trails that I've been on many, many times... I know them very well. I'm able to move quickly and confidently in the dark. In fact, I move as if there is no darkness. I'm not even aware of how dark it is because I'm following such well-worn, such well-known paths. Today, we're going to meet a man that was traveling that kind of path. He was traveling such a comfortable path, such a familiar path, such a well-worn path that he didn't realize that he was actually traveling and living in darkness. Today we're going to meet Nicodemus. We're going to meet Nicodemus as he meets Jesus. Reading from John chapter 3 and verse 1. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. He was a member of the Jewish ruling council, and he came to Jesus at night. And he said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. Well, Nicodemus doesn't seem to be in the dark, does he? In fact, his life seems quite well lit. You know, Nicodemus is one of those guys who seems to know who is who and what is what. Nicodemus is well-connected. Nicodemus is an insider. Nicodemus is one of those guys that has the right religious pedigree. 
We're told that Nicodemus is a Pharisee, and that means that he knows his scriptures. It means that he takes his religion very seriously, and he believes that other people should take their religion very, very seriously also. And we learn that Nicodemus isn't just a Pharisee. He's a Pharisee's Pharisee. See, Nicodemus is part of the Jewish ruling council, which means he has influence. It means he has power. And we also learn that Nicodemus knows what's going on. He's either heard about Jesus' miracles, or maybe he's even seen Jesus perform some miraculous signs. And Nicodemus believes that those are real. And because he believes that they are real, he believes that those are signs, that those are pointers, that they point to Jesus Christ. Nicodemus believes that those miracles are signs that point to Jesus as someone who is from God. So Nicodemus doesn't seem to be in the dark. Nicodemus seems to have a really well-illuminated life. And because of that, Nicodemus approaches Jesus with confidence. He's confident that he has a clear vision of God's kingdom. He's confident that he knows who is who and what is what. There's one part of this intro that kind of nags us at us. We have to wonder, why did Nicodemus come to Jesus in the cover of the night? And we also have to wonder at this point, just how is Jesus going to respond to this important man? This important religious man who recognizes that Jesus is from God and Jesus is with God. Well, let's keep reading in verse 3. In response to Nicodemus, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can a man be born again when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. And Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You shouldn't be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear it sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You're Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you do not understand these things? I tell you the truth. We speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. I bet Nicodemus didn't see that coming, right? In fact, if we read it for the first time, we didn't see that response coming. It wasn't the response that Nicodemus was expecting. And for Nicodemus, we can tell that Jesus' response wasn't very illuminating to him. And I think we have to have some sympathy for Nicodemus here. 
See, he's approaching Jesus with the assumption that he has everything figured out. He comes to Jesus with confidence, confidence that he sees clearly who Jesus is and sees clearly how Jesus fits into God's kingdom. Nicodemus is confident that he has it all figured out. Jesus is from God and God is with Jesus and Nicodemus is walking in the light. Jesus, Nicodemus knows who is who and what is what. So he approaches Jesus full of confidence. But Jesus does something with his confidence. He wastes no time at all in moving Nicodemus from being confident to being completely questioning See, in this reading, we see that there are no more confident statements from Nicodemus. No more confident statements about what he sees and what he knows. From now on, all we see are questions. Nicodemus asked the questions, how can you be born again? He asked the question, surely you don't mean that we have to re-enter our mother's womb Then he asked the big general question, how can all of this be? And I think our question is, what is Jesus doing here? What is Jesus doing as he responds to Nicodemus? Well, I think one of the things that Jesus is doing is he's moving Nicodemus off of that well-worn path that he's been walking on. And he's inviting Nicodemus to recognize that he's actually been walking not in light, but he's been walking in darkness. He's been traveling his whole life in darkness. And so he's inviting Nicodemus to see God's kingdom with brand new eyes, with the eyes of a newborn baby. So he invites Nicodemus to see and to understand that you really can be born again and he invites Nicodemus to understand that this vision of the kingdom that Nicodemus has is a vision that won't work in this world that Jesus has come to reveal the world that Jesus has come to reveal is a very different world than the world that Nicodemus thinks he knows so he invites Nicodemus to recognize that he's going to have to change his way of thinking He's going to have to change his worldview. He's going to have to change his kingdom view if he wants to enter God's kingdom. See, Jesus is inviting Nicodemus to see that his religious pedigree, his knowledge of Jesus' miracles, his belief that Jesus is from God, his confidence that he knows what is what and who is who, that isn't the ticket into God's kingdom. No, instead, this well-worn path that Nicodemus has been on, that's simply an invitation. It's an invitation for Nicodemus to be reborn. It's an invitation for Nicodemus to leave this familiar path he's been on and start all over again. And now in, in John's gospel, Nicodemus fades back into the darkness. But don't worry, we'll meet up with Nicodemus again later in John's gospel. And as Nicodemus fades from our view, he certainly doesn't fade from my memory. And he doesn't fade from my memory because I think Nicodemus is a lot like me. 
In fact, I think Nicodemus is a lot like a lot of us here today. Nicodemus is a lot like a lot of us here today who have strong religious pedigrees. The code phrase that we use is, some of us were born into the church. We've got that religious pedigree. And a lot of us here, like Nicodemus, like me, are pretty confident. We're pretty sure that when it comes to religious matters, we know who is who and we know what is what. And Nicodemus is a lot like those of us here today who are fairly certain that we have a pretty clear vision of God's kingdom because we're fairly certain that we're walking strongly in the light. Nicodemus is a lot like me. And because Nicodemus is a lot like me and because he's a lot like a lot of us, I can relate to Nicodemus' discomfort in this interaction with Jesus Christ. Because truthfully, his interaction with Nicodemus makes me uncomfortable too. You see, for people like me and people like Nicodemus and maybe for people like you, we don't like it. We don't like it when we don't understand things that we thought we had figured out. We don't like it when we're confronted with things that we can't explain. We're uncomfortable with mystery. Like the mystery of birth by water and spirit. Like the mystery of the spirit that moves like the wind. And for people like me and people like Nicodemus and and maybe for people like you, we're certainly uncomfortable being told that we have to give up control. We're uncomfortable that we can't control where and how the wind blows, and we're certainly uncomfortable knowing that we can't control where and how the Spirit of God moves. So for people like me and people like Nicodemus, and and maybe for people like you, people who believe that they know who is who and what is what, who don't like mystery, who don't like not being in control, We're people who don't like being dependent. We don't like being dependent on anybody or anything. And Jesus is going to shatter Nicodemus' sense of independence. And as he does that, he shatters my sense of independence. And just maybe he'll shatter your sense of independence. Reading on in verse 16. Jesus says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. And this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. And everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by truth 
comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. Well, who has eternal life? Well, it's those who have faith in Jesus Christ. Who has the power to save the world? Well, it's Jesus Christ that has the power to save the world. How is all of this done, this mystery that we have a hard time understanding? How is this all done? Well, it's not done through us. It's done through God. It's done through the power of God. So when Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus, he's speaking to me. He's speaking to all of us. And he's speaking a message of dependence. See, Jesus' message is that everybody who comes into God's kingdom comes into God's kingdom in the very same way. You come into the kingdom as a newborn baby. You come into the kingdom completely and utterly dependent on God. You know, that message can be really disconcerting. It can be really disconcerting to those of us like me and like Nicodemus and maybe even like you. Those of us who feel like we have a lot to offer the kingdom. It can be disconcerting to accept that we have to come into the kingdom as newborns, as reborns. And when we do that, we don't bring our past into this new and dependent life in God's kingdom. Like Nicodemus, we don't bring our sparkling religious reputations. We don't bring our impeccable religious pedigrees. We don't bring our impressive biblical knowledge. And we certainly don't bring our sense of self-importance into God's kingdom. And that can be very disconcerting. But it can also be very liberating. It can be very liberating to know that as reborns, as newborns, we don't bring our past into our new and dependent lives in God's kingdom. We don't bring our soiled reputations. We don't bring our questionable religious past. We don't bring our limited biblical knowledge. And we don't bring our self-doubt. How liberating it is to know that God's kingdom is for everyone. See, when Jesus speaks to Nicodemus, he announces to everyone that the kingdom of God is for everyone. He announces that the kingdom of God is for everyone who is willing to be completely dependent on God. It's for everyone who is willing to be born again. It's for everyone who's willing to come out of the darkness and be reborn into a new life, into the light of Jesus. And you know, that makes a lot of people uncomfortable. It makes us uncomfortable to think that the kingdom isn't just for people like me. And it isn't just for people even like you. The kingdom of God is for people like them. The kingdom of God is for everyone. 
See, Jesus teaches us in John's gospel that God's kingdom is for Pharisees like Nicodemus. And it's for Pharisees like me. And in a couple of weeks, Jesus will teach us that God's kingdom is for people like a Samaritan woman with a questionable marital and sexual past. And in Acts, Jesus shows us that God's kingdom is even for a Pharisee like Paul who persecuted Jesus' church and abused Jesus' disciples, the, the kingdom of God is for everyone. Jesus teaches that the kingdom of God is for everyone who will come out of the darkness. Whether that's the darkness of misunderstanding or the darkness of sin, but everyone who will come out of the darkness and be reborn into Jesus. Reborn into the light of the world. And if we're going to listen to Jesus, like Nicodemus listened to Jesus, like Nicodemus, we all have decisions that we have to make. And it's not just the critical decision to be buried with Jesus in baptism so that we can be reborn to live a new life in Jesus. It's not just that decision. But it's daily decisions that each and every one of us has to make. We have to continually decide, are we going to move from self-reliance to complete God-reliance? Will we move from self-dependence to complete God-dependence? And we have to continually decide if we're going to move out of the cover of darkness so that we're always in the light of Jesus You know, the truth of the matter is that we're all dependent. Whether we want to admit it or not, we're all dependent on others, aren't we? We're dependent on other people's judgment. We're dependent on other people's actions. We're dependent on other people's restraint and their control. We're dependent on other people keeping their word. We're all very dependent And being completely dependent isn't good news. No, in fact, it's terrifying to be dependent on other people who we know aren't dependable. And because we're people ourselves, we know that people aren't always dependable. So that's not good news. But being completely dependent on the one who is completely dependable, that's good news. Being completely dependent on the completely dependent one. Being completely dependent on Jesus Christ. That's the good news of Jesus Christ. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I invite you to come out of the darkness and into complete dependence on Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we depend on so many things. We depend on ourselves, and Father, we are undependable. We depend on others, and Father, they are undependable. Our prayer, Father, is that you will help us to be dependable on you and your Son. Because you are completely dependable, and he is completely dependable. 
Thank you for being that kind of God and sending that kind of Savior. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Jesus Christ, what a Savior. Let's stand and let's worship him now.